Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Welcome to This Spiritual Fix. This is our seventh of now eight-part series on the wounds, in which we'll be covering insight, another tool to help you process your wounds. Stay tuned. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hey there, Christina. Hey, Anna. As you listeners may have known by now, we take turns leading an episode, and we're now at the seventh episode, the finale of our seven-episode special on the primal wounds, and we're going to co-host this one. Yep. Because just like forgiveness... We both have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, Chris, tell me what's going on with you in your life. Well, it's been really intense going through these wounds. You I've think? been, <laughs> yeah, really right. I've been feeling this really interesting thing. Human design has actually come up a lot more in my life, and I know I've talked about in the past about human design. And it's kind of like astrology is is kind of when, until we have our episode where we can explain it more. But one of the things that they talk about in that is about where you spend your energy. And I'm the type of my type, right, um, is I'm called, I'm basically and and one of the engines of the world called a generator. And I have a lot of energy to give. But if I'm continually giving energy to things that I don't believe in or things that I don't want to just because I have to, then I can get really, really frustrated. And then that can lead to depression. And I've started to recognize that that is where I am a lot of the time because I, you know, I really appreciate my job. I really appreciate everything for it. But like the work I do with the podcast, the work I do in my property, the work I do everywhere is like significantly more fulfilling and kind of on the path that I want to go on. And so by the time it gets to, I only, I only ever work four days a week. I work Monday through Thursday and to anybody who I'm listening for my company, hello. Um, <laughs> but, you know, by the time it gets to be Wednesday afternoon, I am depressed usually most weeks um, because I, I, in order to, to divert my energy into my job, I have to learn how to um, shut off my emotional body um, is the best way I can think of it. Coffee is the perfect example of how most people do that. Coffee shuts off our emotional bodies. It shuts off um, our ability to, um, in fact, you can think of it as most people, 
if people go to work, they have coffee, they shut off their emotional body and they amp up their mental body so that they can get through work. And then they drink after, which which is the opposite effect. So drinking shuts off your mental body and increases your alcohol. Um, and, and it shuts off your mental body and increases your emotional body. So it's basically like you're drugging yourself, you're drugging yourself to, to shut off one part of you so that you can be functional and not actually have to think about what you're doing. And then you're shutting off the other part of you to try and like get out the emotional angst that you had from having shut off your emotional body all day. Wow. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So I'm not, I am, I'm incredibly privileged in what I have in my job and everything like that. But what I've had to start to do is I've started what's called a miracle morning. Um, and I will, I apologize. I don't have the name of this right now, um, of the author of this book, but the miracle morning is basically you do, you get up early and it it could be five minutes or it could be an hour. And it's, it's usually in the morning and you follow the steps called the savers. Savers is the acronym that he uses. S is for silence. By Hal Elrod. Thank you for, by Hal Elrod. S is for silence. A is for affirmations, V is for visualizations, E is for exercise, R is for reading, and S is for script, for scribing. What is it again? Savers. Savers. So this is the miracle morning, and the savers are silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So writing, because he Uh had to get an acronym that worked. And what it does is it basically these are the thing these are the um, the things that you should do in the morning, even if it's only for the shortest period of time. You you sit in a period of silence, you do your affirmations and visualizations, you do just a little bit of exercise, and then you read whatever you feel like reading. Um, and this is I usually read fiction at night, but I always read nonfiction. I wake this up at four a.m. almost every day, and I'm doing almost all of this without realizing it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's it is mirac- they call it the miracle morning because it is a miraculous change. And for me, it has helped me so much because what it does is that first thing in the morning, I am doing something that feeds me and feeds, and I'm using the energy when it is freshest and when I am clearest to feed the part of me that wants to be spiritual and in my big self all the time. Can we put this in the show notes, the abbreviations? Because I already forgot them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, cool. So I just wanted to say that because that's where I am right now is that I'm really working on doing the Miracle Morning and recognizing that I am currently in a position where um, I may be doing something that doesn't quite fulfill me in exactly all the ways that I want it to because I would rather be outside in nature and I would rather be talking with people about their spiritual lives but I can feed myself first. I love it. Yeah. So what about you? How are you? Um, well, I feel like a dirty piece of laundry that has <laughs> gone through one of those ha- old-fashioned tablets where they would like scrub you yeah. and wring you out, and I'm in the drying phase. So let I just want, for people who have made it through these five wounds, the background story is Chris and I went through the entirety of 2020 systematically wrestling with all of these wounds we thought we made huge leaps and bounds and then as we recorded each episode like the two weeks leading into the episode was hell (laughs) editing the episodes was hell and by hell I just mean we were confronted with our raw fucking wounds Uh, and it's deep and dark work but 
I feel lighter because of it and I feel happier because of it. Was it easy? No. Was it worthwhile? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I probably need to do it again? Yes. Yeah. Is it probably going to always be, all these wounds keep coming up? Yes. And I think that the frequency and intensity and duration of them will become less Mm -hmm. as we progress on our path. But they'll always, I mean, shame will always be there in some form. They'll all be there in some form. And that's part of life. Life is not about, life is not about escaping the wounds. Life is about embracing it all you know and living with it all and and recognizing that all of it is part of life and that's okay right and we're not becoming enlightened in this that was one of the other insights that you get this way oh i love that well (laughs) you and i at least right chris yeah i was given a message from archangel michael um the mvp of the show the hidden the hidden manager and director (laughs) of the show archangel michael told me that chris and i are not even going to get enlightened in this life no matter how hard we work because the very the very essence of our struggle is helping so many listeners. <laughs> so we're doing this for you guys. We're doing it for you. I have to endure another life of birth. We have a whole extra life of suffering for you guys. This is our, no, this is, we feel that this it's, podcast is our service to humanity. It is our service to humanity. So yeah. speaking of our service to humanity. Yep. We talked in episode one of this series about forgiveness and how forgiveness collapses the stories. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, we're going to discuss insight, which is the second type or the sister to forgiveness of healing. And I don't even like to say healing the wounds because it's like, I don't even like the word wound in a way. I feel like... And I don't like the word healing. Yeah. I don't like the word healing and I don't like the Mm -hmm. word wound because I feel like they're just aspects of ourselves that need to be loved and understood. I, I... we just use the word healing and wound because it's just like such an easy way to explain this to the to the masses. But but really, none of the wounds are even wounds. They're just access points just to access love yourself points. more. They're, they're all just access points. They're just points. invitations to love yourself more, and they only exist to be loved, forgiven, and understood. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, you collapse them, and they have a weaker hold on you. But anyways, moving right along. I want to go into insight. So what is insight? Insight means wisdom. Insight means awareness. Insight means understanding. So in the Dhammapada, Buddha says Mm -hmm. that there are three causes of human suffering. Craving, aversion, and ignorance. Craving meaning wanting what you do not have. Aversion means not wanting what you do have. And ignorance meaning you do not understand the relationship of those two and how they are causing your suffering. And you don't, and ignorance also means you don't understand the patterns in your mind. So ignorance can be like, you don't understand the five different wounds and how you are making yourself suffer with these stories that you tell yourself. So what is the solution to those three causes? Yep. So the solution to craving and aversion, according to Buddha, is equanimity, which Mm -hmm. we could call acceptance. We constantly say humility, acceptance, gratitude. Right. Acceptance is equanimity. It's being equanimous. It's being unmoved, whether the stimulus is pleasant or unpleasant, being unmoved, being equanimous. That's acceptance. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is synonymous with forgiveness, right? Like when you forgive something, you are accepting it. You are grateful for it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if you wanted to get nitpicky, you could say, well, they're kind of different, but whatever. They're basically both seeing something as perfect. Seeing something as perfect. Because if it's perfect, you're grateful for it. And if you're seeing it as perfect, then you're forgiving it. Right. 
And then the final one would be humility. Mm-hmm. I think insight and humility are also synonymous. When you become humble, when you tap into humility, you are saying, aha, I finally see it. I was, you know, I was incorrect. And humility can mean I am not right. Mm -hmm. I'm not wrong. And in translation to the wounds, you know, insight and humility mean you can finally get to the point in your abandonment wound and say, I can never be alone. Mm -hmm. You can get to the point in your rejection wound where you can say, I can never be rejected. Mm-hmm. I can never be worthless. Injustice, the insight to injustice is I can never be inferior. I can never be superior. The insight to betrayal is I can never be betrayed. Mm-hmm. The universe can never betray me. Yep. And then the final one is humiliation. I can never be judged. Like what I mean to say is I can observe without judgment. Um, what about you, Christina? Tell me what you would consider the definition of insight or awareness. What I love with insight in particular is that it can feel like, like sometimes it feels like we're climbing a mountain and we're trying to get to the insight that's at the top of it. Right. And it's like, we know that we're waiting for this glorious view to appear and we're doing all this work so that this glorious view will appear. I call the the descent into you can already hear what I'm what I'm talking about. I call this work with the wounds the descent into the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> I do like seriously. It's like into the valley is like I've like I have you know thought about writing about my experiences about this, and that is what I've called it as like my placeholder name is like the descent into the valley, right? Because it's like. It's only when everything else, it's only when you're down in the bottom of the shadow, like when you're in the shadow of the valley where you just have nothing left that like you start to, you, you get filled with grace. Like you get filled with like, you get filled with the wisdom that makes you recognize that all of the bullshit that you've piled on top of yourself you're getting rid of it. And you're saying, I am humble to this experience. I am accepting of this experience. And the insight in every single one of these situations, even if you know, like even if intellectually I know that the absolute nadir, like the bottom of the of the rejection wound is I cannot be rejected. In some ways I know that I'm heading towards that, but until I embody that insight, until I like feel it inside of me and I'm like, yeah, that's really fucking true, man. Like I totally get it. Like I get it. Like everything clicks into place and like everything you understand, like that is the moment of insight to me. Mm-hmm. Is that moment when you're just like, you're just like, oh, right. I had an intellectual sta- understanding and now I have embodied Visceral. it. I have viscerally embodied it and I get it. I get it. And it's like, it, it probably had to come to me a thousand times in a thousand different ways and a thousand people had to tell me a different thing and it never reached the bottom of my barrel to say, look, here's a little bit of light that has just shined in on this. Mm-hmm. And and the, the shadow, you know, it, it's like... It, I've cleared away all of, you know, I don't know why I keep thinking of a barrel and shooting fish in a barrel. I have no idea why they keep putting that in my head, but that's what I'm channeling right now. I'm trying to figure that out. Like, it's like you've cleared away all of the muck that's at the top of the barrel. And now you can just see yourself, you know, sitting at the bottom of this barrel or this valley and the insight comes to you. And that's when you're the most vulnerable to be able to receive the insight. Mm hmm. And I also like to point out that there are three different types of, of, of ways that you 
accumulate or that you perceive insight, Mm -hmm. one is immediate. Mm -hmm. That could be like when we're doing a regression or a meditation or a body work session and you just have this, or you're, you know, aha moment and something clicks and you have purged it and it could be a very strong emotional release and you immediately see changes. Like an example being you have an aha moment about codependency and then immediately you're better at making boundaries. You didn't have to learn step by step how to make boundaries. You know, or like I have an aha moment in a regression about injustice and then immediately I'm better at having discussions with people about justice type topics. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to learn the, the how to have a good debate. I, it just came naturally as a byproduct of some very deep healing. So you mm-hmm. have like deep immediate aha moments. The second one is kind of like accumulative, meaning maybe that's through journaling. Maybe that's through mantra Maybe that's through subtle insights. Maybe it's like noticing certain patterns over time, like how I have noticed, you know, I didn't have an aha moment about that shame voice in my head telling me that what a horrible person I am. It's, yep. it's like this accumulative, like slow and steady awareness building accumulative understanding of like that voice is always there and I'm watching it and I'm watching it and I'm watching it. I didn't have an aha moment and then I wake up and that voice is gone, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's accumulative. And then the third type, um, we can call it reflective, meaning you might not even see the changes in you, but when you look back and think of how you would have reacted a year ago, or someone says, you know, you're a little different than you were three years ago, or you just start to note it. It's like reflective, meaning you realize that much later, you, you didn't even see it coming, but the changes were happening. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So those are three different types of insight. I should say reactions to insight. Reactions to insight. And I, I think the second one in some ways feels like I, I used to have a calculus teacher who was kind of nerdy. Not that I'm not nerdy because I'm telling this joke, but like <laughs> with her glasses on her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, um, he used to call it the brute force method of solving calculus problems Mm -hmm. and I feel like the second one that you talked about is kind of the brute force method of like being like you've gotten a little bit of access like the doors opened a little bit but it hasn't swung open yet to give you the happy massive amazing processing insight right and so you're having to like go through the steps so methodically and so kind of brute force in the sense of like I'm journaling about this every day and I'm looking at it every day and then I'm trying every day that I can to do this you know like there are some methods of this that feel like a lot of work but um they almost always pay off. Yeah. And sometimes it's when we stop the brute force that they actually pay off. But that is not always the case. I just right, say right. That. Yeah. Now I want to talk about accessible tools mm-hmm. to our listeners and to ourselves for how to gain insight. Like how does one gain insight? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different tools out there. And we're going to break it down into four main categories mm-hmm. being regression, mm-hmm. personification of the issue, meditation and grace so Mm -hmm. i'll start with regression Mm -hmm. to me regression is a wonderful insight tool regression meaning you have you yourself put yourself in or you have someone put you into a hypnotic trance aka a very deep relaxed state of mind where your higher consciousness is louder than it normally is it's not hypnosis in the sense of like you're going to think you're a chicken you know it's nothing like that it's more just a hypnotic deep state and then you invoke regression, meaning you journey back to your childhood or a memory in this life. You come to understand why a certain event made you have a certain belief. And it could be this life. It could be other lives. If you're not a proponent, if you don't believe in past lives, if that's a little too much for you, 
don't worry. There is plenty of juice. There's plenty of data in your childhood to find answers to your questions, okay? If you've exhausted your childhood or you're open-minded to past lives, you can journey into past lives as well. And those are also wonderful ways to come to understandings of like, why are you needing to believe in this story? Why do you have the relationship with that person? Why are you making yourself struggle in this way? The very act of retracing the origin of your beliefs or your misunderstandings is a wonderful insight tool. Just simply seeing where it started, seeing why you think that way is incredible awareness, incredible insight. Yep. So that's one tool that, I, um, that I'm presenting here. And we're going to give you guys access to regression hypnosis tracks in the show notes. There'll be a link to that. You can also find a hypnotherapist or a therapist mm-hmm. or a shaman or do a Marissa Peer RTT. I mean, there's plenty of ways for you to find regressions. You can just get in a hypnotic state or a meditative state. Deep, deep trance. Deep yeah. trance and just ask yourself, like going back to my childhood, where did this problem come from? Yep. So anyways, regression, I think, is a wonderful tool. And that regression does give you a lot of aha, like a lot of those quick, immediate aha, spontaneous, massive changes. Like if you want a quick fix, regressions are a great one. Yep. Okay, let's move along to the personification one, Chris. Right, so personification is all about personifying your shadow. We've called it Feed Your Demon in the past, but we're going to call it personifying your shadow. <laughs> <laughs> because Feed Your Demon might be a little scary for yeah, some people to hear exactly. That. So the whole idea with um, personifying your shadow. So the first is to, like, once you recognize that you've had access to something and you recognize that there's something there, sometimes even when you haven't, but if you kind of feel like you just have this persistent shadow um, dark passenger, demon, whatever you want to call it, that seems to just be kind of plaguing you with bad thoughts, you know, kind of like we, we've talked about intrusive thoughts. Anna's talked about them in um, some of the wound episodes of talking like, okay, I have this intrusive thought person, demon, shadow, dark passenger that's sitting here just kind of like suggesting these things to me. Um, like mine does it around heights which is funny. I kind of just dis- decided that it's like my demon of, of heights or, um, what do you mean? Uh, anytime I get near high heights, it always says you're going to jump. Oh, intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and then I also have one for leaving burners on. Um, so it's an OCD one. It's like an OCD demon basically. Oh, I, I eventually am going to go back to a past life where I burned down someone because I have that, bur- I have a similar yeah. fire. I, one. I feel like the OCD demon of fire and stoves and things like that is like a very primal one. Mm-hmm. It's like, it comes, it's like very, very old. Um, because anyway, um, I, I got it. I remember the time, the day that I got it too. I, I like, rem- I had a day when I got it and I've not been able to get rid of it. But anyway, um, that's kind of going deeply into that. So the idea with this is that you you have a shadow part of yourself. And so what you need to do is you need to find that shadow inside your body. Say, where do you feel it in your body? Like ask yourself, where do I like get into a, um, again, you can get into a regressive state or you can just get into a meditative state or you can just sit down, find some quiet, un- uninterrupted time. And you're going to find the demon or the shadow inside your body and find where it is. And what you're going to do is you're going to, a lot of the time by identifying where it is in your body, it makes it easier to then personify it, which is the next step. So basically you allow whatever sensation it is that you're feeling in your knee or your back or your, maybe it's just in a place in your mind, like in the front of your mind and you can kind of always feel it. 
is um, you allow it to personify in the sensation to personify itself. So sometimes these things look like little clouded forms. Sometimes they're invisible. Sometimes they look like heinous dragon things. Sometimes they look like decaying bodies. Like what have your what have some of yours look like? A lot of mine will look like um, Marvel comic heroes. Really? Yeah. Like that's um, kind of cool. <laughs> like what is it? The Hulk, the Incredible yeah. Hulk. Yeah. Or they'll look like. Um, they for me yeah they look like cartoonish character not cartoon they'll look like the Incredible Hulk or like the like a rocky Easter Island face yeah. or um I had a romance cop visit me and she was just like this Catwoman physique sexy woman in a cop suit you know like they're just coming like in cop different stripper. ways sure, yeah. yeah cop stripper she came to me being like eh. yeah so to me they just show up in any different way right. I've had them show up as like me me like a haggard version of me yep yep. yeah and the trick with this and i can feel this i can feel this so my channeling is like saying you have to say something is is that the trick with this is that it's kind of fun if you take this too seriously and you're like i'm not seeing anything that's okay that's fine um maybe you don't see anything but the other thing is is that you can also allow yourself to have a little bit of fun with this like what would you imagine like if you know if you're going into this process and you know that you have an injustice demon or an injustice shadow that you want to address like just be like okay what could it be and and she could look like a stick figure yeah she could uh, she could look like lady liberty yeah anything that you want we have this tendency to not believe things that come from our imagination, but our imagination is literally the source of our unseen consciousness, right? It's the source of our subconscious that's coming to life. So just believe it. Just be okay with it. It is a process and it's not right or wrong or true or false or anything like that. It's it's a tool to help you gain insight. So once you find this demon, you need to basically see see this shadow next to you and what you're going to do is you can ask it a number of different questions. You're going to ask it what you're basically going to ask it to tell you what it wants, what it really needs, and then when it gets what it really needs, it will how will it feel? All right? So you find out these three things. And again, this is again with the same imagination thing. Just whatever first pops into your head when you're in this experience is the right answer for right now. Okay. If you feel, if it doesn't feel like the right answer, then keep asking. Okay. What do you want? Okay. You want, you want me to, to feel injustice or you want to feel like everything is unfair. What you really need is you really need for me to dissolve into a puddle of revenge, right? I've had this demon before, like of, of just like everybody in the whole world dying because everything is so unfair, right? And then when you get that, what are you going to feel like? And, and they're usually like, I'll feel fantastic because you're, you've just dissolved and destroyed the entire world with all of your revenge feelings that you have. Um, so then what you do is you sit there, you settle into your body, and that's what you give it. You feed it. You give it exactly what you're talking about. So you dissolve and you basically, in your mind, either completely dissolve yourself into this like nectar that it can drink because it usually just wants to destroy you. Or if it wants you to destroy everybody else in the world, you just do that. In your mind, you just destroy everybody and, else in the world. And you don't have to worry that any harm is going to come. You're simply giving in to the unconscious desire for this to happen anyways behind yeah. the scenes. So you just con consciously bring that desire to light, give it what it wants, so you can then see what's beyond it. Because we resist what it, the unconscious desire of this so much that we 
then we don't get to finish the story. We're, yeah. we're locked in the resistance of what it wants. Just give it what it wants and then you can see what's next. Yeah, and the wonderful thing about this process is that we talk about in forgiveness how you collapse dimensions. If you fulfill your unconscious desires by doing this process, it doesn't have to happen in real life, right? Like it's right. all about that. You can understand yeah. it and love it. You get to bypass... You know what I mean? Okay, like an example is like, why do I keep attracting the same kind of guy? You'll hear that from a girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. They keep attract. They they dump this guy, then they date the next guy. He's exactly the same guy. It's the same character, different actor. Yep. You know, over and over and over and over again. And it's just like, dude, if you just figured out what you're supposed to learn, then you can get up, move on to a totally different character. But if you keep resisting the lesson, the universe is going to keep spitting out the same story over and over again, different actors. Same story, same characters. Yep. So yeah, if you can do it in your mind and destroy the world in your mind or come to the conclusion you need to in your mind, you get to bypass the actual physical struggle of it. Yeah. So so basically what happens is that then you feed the demon and what will happen is sometimes the demon will dissolve and then sometimes what will happen is that the, you'll meet your ally. Basically the unconscious desire then becomes your your friend and your ally and will help you. A lot of the times for me, this is turned into a god or a goddess. A lot of times for me, this is like turned into a part of myself that is that is willing to protect. Like, I, I, I don't want to use the word protect because there's a lot around that. But like, that is willing to um, divert energy that could be coming towards me into another different dimension that I can then collapse safely without having to experience it. Things along those lines. And so that that is kind of the final process of, of meeting your demon. And what ends up happening is that it really does... Um, you finish by resting in awareness that that you have addressed an unconscious desire that you have or an unconscious part of your aspect of yourself and that you have come to peace with it and now you have it now it's it's in your field now it's in your it's playing for your team and i have a quote on this real quick yeah the swiss psychiatrist carl gustav jung everyone knows about jung it's spelled j-u-n-g you might have thought it was jung Mm -hmm. he says neurosis is always a substitute for legitimate suffering so what does he mean by that we drive ourselves crazy when we resist the suffering. So just if you can go into this, surrender to it, you can get out of the neurosis of it. Because neurosis is simply resisting the suffering that is inevitable. That's coming for you. So just give it what it wants and then you can move on. Yep. All right. Yep. Amazing. Okay. Next one I'm going to talk about, third, number three of an insight tool is meditation. So We love to do Vipassana meditation. We talk about that a lot, that you go do a 10-day retreat to learn how to, or I call it retreat, 10-day boot camp to learn how to uh, meditate. There are so many forms of meditation. You can go back and listen to episode four in which we discuss at length lots of different types of meditation. But meditation is a great tool for insight. When you're sitting there watching your mind work, you're going to understand a lot of things. Maybe sitting on a on a on a meditation cushion and meditating for minutes or hours is not your thing. You know, go for a long walk in nature. That's meditative. Don't bring your AirPods. Don't bring your headphones. Don't bring your electronics. Just be in nature. That's a form of meditation. You can gain insight just from being alone with your thoughts, whether that's meditating um, I'm sorry, whether that's, you know, walking, running, just being in silence, like the answers will come to you. It's kind of like they say prayer is you speaking to God. Meditation is you listening to God. Like just 
quiet things out. Turn off the distractions, be quiet, and you will get the answers you're looking for. Trust us. The universe wants us all to wake up. The universe is abundant and loves us and wants us all to wake up. And as soon as we put our distractions aside and we say, hey, I want to wake up. Can I have a little insight? And you quiet everything else, the answers will come because the whole universe is just chomping at the bit to give you those answers. So listen for them. And that's what meditation is. Amazing. Um, So lastly is grace. We've talked about grace and I'm going to just do the basic things for how you can achieve grace just in your own living room. Um, And uh, but I also want to talk about borrowed grace, um, which is Shakti, because this is what came when I was when I was like, oh, there's another level of this grace thing that I need to talk about in terms of gaining insight. Um, So basically the steps for grace are uh, we detail this a lot in episode three, but effectively it's a matter of recognizing that in order to really be filled with grace, um, which in this case we're using as basically the insight and wisdom of God filling you up is kind of what grace is, Mm -hmm. um, is that you need to empty yourself. One of the best ways to do this is to literally do like a kowtow like they do in Buddhism um, and Tibetan Buddhism in particular, where you actually, in Taoism, I think as well, I'm not going to say that because I don't know that's the case, but um, where you actually put your head on the ground. And by putting your head on the ground, I'm pretty convinced that there's some sort of electromagnetic change that happens within your body because there's a lot of electric potential that's different between your head when you're standing up and when you're laying down. But when you put your head on the ground, what it does is it creates a, a status of humility and humbleness and allows you to say, I am nothing. I am nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I can be filled up. I am an empty vessel waiting to be filled up with insight and wisdom. Episode Um, three. Episode three. And that's that. (laughs) But I also want to talk more here for just a second about borrowed grace. I will tell you guys a story. When I was in my yoga teacher training class, I was with a Swami, um, uh, Acharya Swami Jayadevi, who is from the Kashi uh, Ashram in in Atlanta, which is an urban urban ashram in Atlanta. So Swami would sit there and give us uh, on Wednesday nights. She would sit there and she would give us um, discourses, right? So she would give us discourses on and talk about whatever happened to come up that week, and it would be like this. It would be like the church for the yoga ashram, and I would sit there and being a channel for whatever. I could sit there in the back and I didn't even need to listen to what she was saying because the amount of insight and wisdom that was coming through me by just being in her presence was like off the charts, right? Um, In this particular case. And what I found is that when you're in the presence of someone who who is empty, you feel that. And I, I call it Shakti, which is the creative force of the world. Basically, it's the Shiva. The Shiva is the medium for which everything sits and the Shakti is the creative force. It's the divine feminine force in Hinduism. But the amount of, and it's particularly, it is a, a kind of a spiritual enlightenment sort of energy, if you want to call it that. It's not just creative force. And I would just sit there and the amount of Shakti that was coming off this woman was just remarkable. Right. Like you could just sit there and and it would just like so the insights would flow through me just being in the presence of somebody else who was empty and who was who was channeling that Shakti, who was Mm -hmm. channeling that energy of grace. And so um, that's why a lot of people go to gurus. That's why a lot of people do this. And what you'll find is that I feel like the people who, you know, are legit. Another way to we talked about this in episode four, but kind of a way that that could be that you feel legitimate is that when you're in their presence 
you just have so many ideas and you feel so fulfilled and you just so filled up um, all the time when you're around them without even having to do anything that like it just flows within mm-hmm. you and the insight flows. So that's that's um, both internal grace when you're alone and borrowed grace um, from from masters. Mm-hmm. And not next episode, but the episode after that, we're going to talk about something similar. Another way to get insight is actually through your spiritual support team, yep. which is like your guardian angels, your archangels. We're going to have a whole episode on how you can talk to your own. That's for another time. So tune in in two episodes for that one. But yep. anyways, wrapping up insight, we have regressions. We have understanding your shadow. Mm-hmm. We have meditation. We have grace. A fourth one that we're not going to go too much into detail because we're going to give a whole episode on it is actually communicating with your guardian angels and your archangels. That's another way of getting insight. There are so many different types of meditation. There are so many different ways to self-reflect. Sometimes chatting with a good friend can bring insight. Uh, That's the best. I call that front porch talk. (laughs) It's just like deep conversations and then everything starts to click because you're with someone who's in your in your spiritual playground. Right. And if you don't have a friend like that, you can hire them. That's what life coaches are. That's mm-hmm. what shamans are. That's what psychotherapists are, cognitive behavioral therapists. There are just so many people out there that if you don't have access to a friend who can help bring you insight, unbiased insight, like be careful who your friends are kind of thing. If you don't have that kind of friend, you can hire them. And it's worth the money because your quality of life is going to change. There's books out there. There's Instagrams and TikToks out there for insight. There's journaling. There is going on a walk, doing yoga, going on a jog. I mean, the amount of things that are out there to help bring you insight. For as many number of humans on this planet, there are diff- there are that many different avenues to find insight. So find what works for you. Maybe the ways that Chris and I discussed aren't your methods. Maybe you have your own method, but whatever brings you insight and, and the things that bring you insight are the things that make you like have aha moments and you become a peaceful person. Like the yardstick to measure, are you really having an insight is, is your suffering becoming less intense is the duration decreasing? Mm-hmm. Is the frequency decreasing? If your suffering is decreasing in intensity, duration, or frequency, then you know that the insights you are having are working. Yep. Are, because that's what insights do. They shed human suffering. They make you happier. Right. And they and I feel like if there was a tying knot between all the different things that we gave you, it's allow your give yourself space. Like most of us are, are filled cups most of the time. We have so much in our lives. We have so much going on that it is really a matter of saying that our cups are almost always running over with the experience of life. And anything that you can do, whether it's meditation, whether it's untying, it's whether it's like addressing something that is overfilling your cup like a shadow self, um, or whether it's emptying yourself, like whether it's whatever it is, and almost all those things that we gave you, and I feel like oftentimes it's make give yourself space in your cup to be filled up with insight because right. it is always there. The universe is contributing and colluding for your freedom and for your the end of your suffering. Right. Um, and so give it space to work in your life. And one more thing to add is that Christina and I are at the point in our lives that we don't have to hire a professional to help us. And we don't have to go to a yoga studio or meditation studio or you name it to get the insight we need. We have it on our doorstep. We get it in our kitchen. But just so you know, there was times when we didn't. There was times Mm -hmm. when 
I went, I did a 100 day primal therapy. I had someone hold my hand like for a hundred days, did Vipassana where at every single, you know, teacher break, I'm up there asking questions, getting support. I've hired, I've had therapists, I've had shamans or not shamans. I've had Robbie. I've had, (laughs) I've, I've, we've, it's kind of like, we've gotten to the point where we can get the insight ourselves. But if you're listening to this and you're like, there's no way I can sit in my room and journal and understand anything, hire help, get help. Help is out there. Like, don't think that you're, you're doing it wrong because you need help. We needed help in the beginning too. It took a lot of time and a lot of experience for us to get to the point where we're like, hey, I got this. I, I can solve my own problems. I don't need help. But we did need help in the beginning. And some of you listening might need help. And that's okay. That's part of this. And we still help each other. Oh, yeah. Right? So in some ways, we actually act as each other's support and help as yeah. it is, right? Oh, yeah. We text each other daily. Uh, daily. Hourly sometimes. Hourly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in the humiliation room. Oh, save God. me. Save me. And then the wise friend will say, I can't save you, but you can save yourself. Do this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So anyways, we hope you're listening. Check out our store for some resources regarding regressions, journaling, workbooks, et cetera. To help you get through all these wounds. To get through the wounds. And if you're not ready for that, you can find someone to help you. Mm -hmm. All right. Take care till next time. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Spiritual Fix on the Tool of Insight. Please stay tuned for next week where we're going to talk about a summary of all the primal wounds and what you're supposed to do if maybe your friends and family have them and it's not just about you. Also, please share this with your friends if it has resonated with you at all and have a monumentally blessed day. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.